from the country that brought you Rami Malik and Hoda Kotbi. It's a conundrum. With Sam Taha. Kif, we have a conundrum. <sighs> Hello, and welcome to Sam Taha's Conundrum Podcast. I am the uncertain portion before the apostrophe, and I've made it to episode 20. Look how far I've gotten in a couple of months. And let the journey through the 20s begin. Which means that this podcast is officially older, but still an idiot. But hey, just one more episode until this podcast can legally drink. Of course, I'm still painfully sober. Uh, It's been... uh, 218 days since my last drink and 94 days since I smoked my last weed whatever the equivalent of one my last bowl I guess but I miss them I I miss weed and alcohol I, I don't need them does that make any sense? like I miss them but I don't need them I like I, I used to think I needed weed and alcohol just to have like a normal day now I just miss them but my day usually goes on without them, and I don't need them anymore. I keep repeating the same point. I think I made my point. Anyways. I broke up with one of my therapists last week. Yes, therapists. Plural. Car. I was seeing two therapists for a couple of weeks. Uh, Not because I have too many issues, I do, but that's not the reason. I just uh, didn't know how to break up with the first one. So I started seeing the new one just to help me resolve my issues and break up with the first one. I kid. Here's the actual reason. And to make this easier to understand, we will use fictitious names for both of them. We'll call the first therapist Sandra, and we'll call the new therapist Brenda. Back in November, I decided to start therapy because I was in a dark place. I was uh, suicidal. I mean, more suicidal than usual, so I needed help. So I applied to different places and found that there is an eight-week waiting period to get a therapist. So when I checked and found out that the waiting period for a gun permit was shorter, I decided to improvise. I called my friends to see if they can refer me to their therapist, and then that ended up in me inheriting the therapist of one of my old co-workers. And that's how I met Sandra. I have been seeing Sandra since November, and from day one, I felt that she was not going to be that good. But I kept giving her excuses. I was like, maybe I don't understand how therapy works, and so so what that she's not a good listener? That's probably normal, or I just didn't express myself correctly. So I just kept giving her excuses and thinking that therapy itself doesn't work. And then went on like to have pay that woman $25 every week and see her and talk to her and just life went on. Fast forward to mid-January when I received an email from one of the places that I applied for saying that they might have a therapist for me. At first I ignored it because I didn't uh, I didn't want to restart my therapy again and retell all of my traumatic stories to a new person again. It's uh, draining. But I kept thinking might as well give it a try and see if the new therapist is going to be any better. 
At the same time, Sandra just kept giving me more reasons to break up with her. Like, I have OCD and she's almost a COVID denier. I would talk about my OCD and how I'm doubting everything I touch. And she tells me stuff like, I don't know anyone who got COVID. And keeps saying, yeah, you should stop reading the news. And she keeps misunderstanding the type of OCD I have. Like, I don't have the type of OCD that is just repetitive. I'm not flipping switches on and off uh, mindlessly. I'm not uh, wiping the same thing a couple of times. Mine is more of like, if there is doubt, then might as well wipe, wipe it down with alcohol and wash my hands. I touch the door handle after my visit to the grocery store, then that must be cleaned. Everything that goes into the fridge must be wiped down. Stuff like that. You know, like, that's the problem with the OCD I have. It's logical. It's like, yeah, I don't know what I touched here, so let me wipe this down. But I just, it keeps expanding to now where I'm like wiping my slippers after the shower. It'll be like, well, just make sure that I'm putting my feet on a fresh, clean pair of slippers so that there's no any chance that I might have, I don't know, stepped on COVID. It's weird. And I explained this to her a thousand times. But she keeps going back to the, to the way that she understood it. And it drove me crazy. It made me feel exhausted after sessions. And even with that, with all of that, I was still going to stay with her. And one day I was complaining about my parents when, when they were here and how my mom was driving me crazy. And she just kept giving me advice about my OCD and uh, uh, talking about my rituals and kept saying the word ephemeral a lot. What are you talking about, lady? I haven't even mentioned OCD once this time. Were you even listening? And then I started seeing Brenda. And from day one, the difference was very clear. Brenda is more academic. She asked me questions about my background and mental illness in my family. It felt more like science, not the ADHD-ridden friend I had with Sandra. Like, I don't need to pay you money to be listened to poorly. I can go to my mom for that, and it's for free. And then I would have another session with Brenda, and Brenda's like bringing up charts and graphs about the different types of anxiety and giving me her number to text her or email her if things are bad. Wow, what a major difference. I felt like when you're in a bad relationship and go to a good relationship and realize how easier things can be. Brenda emails me with articles to read, has helpful advice every week, and Sandra glazes over when I talk to her. And I can see her looking around the room while I'm talking. Which is one of my pet peeves. Nothing makes me less interested in talking than knowing that the other person is not listening. No wonder I'm into stand-up. Because at least when you're on stage, people are more likely to listen. And my last session with Sandra almost turned into a fight. Where I kept telling her, like I kept trying to explain to her the difference between the OCD I have and the OCD she thinks I have. But it just doesn't get to her. Even when I correct her and say, that's not how my OCD is presenting itself. She goes back to the same point. Oh, rituals, ephemeral. She doesn't listen well. She draws conclusions that I keep correcting, but to no avail. We even delved into some issues about my mother and my living condition and visa issues, and she's not there. So I finished that session and I was like, yep, this is our last time. This is the last time I'm going to see this woman and that's it. Time to break up with her. 
which is for somebody who hasn't been in a relationship for three years, breakup was like a nice word to come back around. It's like, oh, I'm in a relationship. I need to break up with someone. I kid. But, and like, this was bothering me all week. Like, I was dreading the breakup all week. I kept thinking about the best way to do it. Should I do this? Like, should I call? What am I going to say? I kept rehearsing what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. Should I lie? Should I just tell the truth? Then I decided to do the mature thing and just sent her a text, ending the relationship. It's not the best way, I know. But I'm, I'm saying it's better than wasting her time and my time with another session. And in my case, pay another $25 to break up with her. I'm not very proud of my method. But it's over. Finally, no mas. I've only been seeing Brenda for two weeks now. But like I said, the difference is already noticeable. She can never be as bad as Sandra. So yeah, that, that's done. Hopefully, this is the last time I repeat my traumatic stories. Although, I'm noticing how easier it is this time. You just kind of get a second chance to express how you feel. And it comes out better. So let's hope that all of this therapy works. Because I'm really sick of my own head and its stupid, cyclic, nonsensical thoughts that I've been living with. Moving on. There's a um, large COVID scare happening back home in Egypt right now. Um, my mom had it last June. Uh, one of my sisters just recovered from it a month ago. A close family friend died from it yesterday. And now my older sister is suspecting that she might have it. And my mom is suspecting that she might have it again. They all went to his funeral, the friend that died, and now they're getting sick. They say they, say they wore masks, but uh, I don't know. Judging by what I've seen from my mom when she was here, it's like masks are worn sarcastically. So I know it's not going to be really a deterrent. And I know that there is nothing I can do about this, but I'm very anxious right now. Like, I keep thinking about the possibilities, what's going to happen. My sister has uh, allergies and lung issues, so... Uh, cross my fingers. Or, I don't know, whatever the equivalent for agnostic people is. Shrug my fingers, I don't know. And all of this new COVID anxiety erased all of the anger that I had from an incident that happened yesterday. Oh, I was so pissed off yesterday. I uh, went back to uh, 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 a feedback open mic yesterday. And uh, a feedback mic is, is like a regular open mic where you do some stand-up material. And then at the end of your set, the host uh, kind of listens to your set and gives you feedback. You're like, yeah, this joke we wasn't clear. You kind of mumbled over that line. Uh, like, it should be useful, constructive feedback. So I took my, like, one of my material that I know kind of works almost most of the time. Uh, did my dating material, which, again, usually gets very good responses. And I did it and got almost no reaction. It felt like this podcast where I'm just, like, talking to myself. It, it was weird, but I'm used to this aspect of stand-up by now. Like, sometimes good material just falls on bad ears. It happens. So the host starts giving me feedback. And his first feedback is that I had too many penis jokes. Uh, I did zero penis jokes in that set, by the way. So I, I bring that up to him and I was like, uh, I didn't even say the word penis once in my set. What are you talking about? 
And he's just like, ah, I don't know, you talked about your testicles. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, because the testicles and penis are so close. Like, I, w- what are you talking about? And he just kept talking about all of my penis material, that the non-existent penis material, and how it was too much for his taste. I, like, this was recording and being live, so I was like, mm, okay, I just, I don't want to embarrass him. Let me just let, let that go. And I just kind of, like, swallowed it and let it go. And he started giving me feedback about one of my other jokes. I have a, a, a nipple joke where I talk about how I haven't had sex in three years. And I say, when you haven't seen nipples aside from your own for that long of a time. And I really press on the aside from your own part because I thought that this was a joke. Like I thought this would be a punchline saying like, oh, aside from your own. His feedback was, oh, you said you haven't seen nipples for three years. How about your own nipples? And I just started shaking my head in disbelief. So why aren't you listening? I thought this was your job. Are you my therapist? What's going on here? And I, and I like, I really just got pissed off. Like my face started getting redder. And I'm like, I had so many thoughts that I wanted to share. And I just wanted to stay after the mic to give him a piece of my mind. But at the last second, I just decided to drop it because why cause trouble for no reason? Like, who's that guy? He's just another idiot comic. Like, who cares? So I just left. I left the mic, left the meeting on Zoom. But of course, uh, my stupid brain can't let things go. I kept mulling over it and randomly talking to myself saying, what penis jokes, you fucking idiot. I just kept like randomly, you'd see me walking around the house just doing that. Like, what penis jokes? I had zero penis jokes. I couldn't let it go. It, it just pisses me off. It also pisses me off, especially when people don't listen. Especially when your mic is about feedback and listening. And for the rest of the day, I couldn't do anything. I was so angry and disappointed and it felt unfair. And I know it's stupid. Like there are zero stakes. This is uh, 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 like a mic or a, or a video that like maybe only the people in the room would see. But it just got me upset and uh, like ruined my day for the rest of it because I couldn't let it go. I'm still doing it now, where I keep saying like, I said aside from your own. I said that. Keep thinking of comebacks that I should have said to him. I even woke up today to be like, oh, so you weren't listening at all, you fucking idiot. Just fouled my mood. But I I went on a long four mile hike today and that kind of helped me distress a little. You can see it in my voice, how distressed I am. <laughs> but you see how little things like that just ruins my life. Like, I, I can just easily say I will never go back to that mic and never work with that idiot again. And that should have been the extent of the level of frustration that I'm having. But my brain is just like a, like a stupid sports channel. After somebody scores a touchdown, we're like, let's see that again. Let's rewind and replay. It's so annoying. Which, of course, is going to make Brenda's job so much harder. I wish they had a pill for ruminating thoughts. Like, I would be the first one to take it because this is so stupid. Speaking of stupid things, I'm... I'm seeking political asylum here. Um, And, like, this week I wanted to add a religious part to my case to, like, help strengthen it. Because my anxiety has been fucking with my brain. And telling me that, oh, that case, it will not go through and you will go back to Egypt, which is really one of my biggest fears. 
what will happen? Like everything, my life, I've set up my life here. I'm, I'm too old to start again. Like, how am I going to do comedy and stand-up? There is none of that over there. And I've been doing comedy in English for the past six years. I, what, switch back to Arabic? Like, I don't even know how to do stand-up in Arabic. I've never done stand-up in Arabic in my life. And I've been living here for nine years. I don't want to go back. I don't want to restart my life. So I called my lawyer to tell her. And I told her that, hey, I've been agnostic for six years. And I want to add that to my case. And she, she tells me, uh, yeah, you need to prove it. Prove? Prove what exactly? She said, you need to prove that you're agnostic. How? Prove it how? How do you prove that you believe in a maybe? What, you want me to tell you about the name of our tentative prophet and recite a couple of verses from our holy book of uncertainty? I can show you our prayer, which is done by closing your eyes, facing the moon and shrugging. Which is also the symbol of our religion. Muslims have the crescent, Christians have the cross, Jews have the star of David, and we have the shrugging emoji. You can see it on our church, the Church of Maybe, right next to the statue of Saint Who Knows Esteen, our patron saint of perhaps. Does my knowledge count as proof? Because I rest my case, Your Honor. But seriously, how do you prove that? Like, if you join a new religion, there can be proof. But how do you prove that you believe in a maybe? And of course, the impossibility of proving this got me thinking about the worst case scenarios. Oh, I will lose my immigration case after waiting for five years. I'll go back to Egypt and how I won't be able to do comedy. It's gonna be so hard. I will kill myself before I go back there. Like, it will be way easier to get a gun and kill myself there. Can that be grounds for asylum? Personal asylum? Where I'm a danger to myself if I go back? I only partly kid. That's why I guess I'm in therapy, I guess. But she wants it written. She wants written proof of my agnosticism. So all I can think of is just to send her like a couple of lines from my stand-up where I say how I'm agnostic, but I lean towards the possibility that there is no God based on the awful design of testicles. I'll also probably have to send her a transcript of this podcast as Exhibit A. Send that over to the Immigration Court of Los Angeles. And if you're listening, you are now legally one of the witnesses in my case. So prep your suit and I'll email you the date of your summons so you can come uh, witness my, uh, come be the witness of my agnosticism. I'm very impressed at myself at saying agnosticism a couple of times correctly without like slipping over or, ah well, I don't know. Um, Yeah, that's it. I rambled about multiple topics. You probably uh, are lost in confusion and incoherentness. Ah, here, here he comes. The fucking of words is back. But uh, yeah, that's it this week. I'll, uh, I'll be back next week. Who knows what I'll be talking about. I have no idea. Uh, but until then, um, stay sane, as, as I usually say. Be kind. It's bullshit, you know. Like, subscribe. Send this to your friends. Do some stuff. My my uh, my stay in America now is uh, dependent on the success of this podcast, I guess. Because the more people who listen to this podcast, the more will be like, aha, it's my agnostic... Aha, I ruined it. My agnosticism is out there and people know about it. 
And if I go back to Egypt, they will kill me. Or I will kill me. I don't know. <laughs> this was awful. I'm out. See you next week. Bye.